and welcome to a Burkamp Wonderland podcast. You are joining myself, who is hosting tonight for one of the first times. So with me are some fine gentlemen who are ready to talk all things Arsenal. I will go to the esteemed Mr. Stokes. How you doing? I'm good, thanks, man. You? All good? Yeah, all good, oh, all yes. good. Are you ready to talk Arsenal? Get into the... You better. The, 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 the serious, serious <laughs> time of the season. It's normal playtime, is it? So we are Indeed. ready to go. All right. And also joining us, as always, he seems to be a permanent <laughs> fixture on this <laughs> podcast, on this live, on this whatever you want to call it, uh, is Josh. Yeah. Hey, for me, I've done four podcasts now in a week. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody, including me, is sick of seeing me on these things. But that's what happens, you know. Uh, if you tune in next week, I will certainly not be there. So uh, that's something for the listeners to look forward to. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> and last but definitely not least, uh, we have a man that goes by Cactus Cash on the Twitter, also known as Mr. Richard. How are you doing, Rich? Not too bad, mate. Save, saving the worst till last. Good, good. Uh, I like that. I like that. How are you, Femi? Yeah, all good. All good. All good. Uh, just recovering from the bombshell of Messi, but you know, mm. not, uh, we'll we'll leave that to a. Um, it's probably a Messi, a Messi Wonderland podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that to them to discuss. But yeah, um, we're going to talk some Arsenal stuff tonight. As I said, we're getting to the business end of of the summer now we've only got a what a week to the season starts now so by this time next week people are going to be deciding what to do at half time on the friday whether to stick with arsenal brentford or to move to love island i don't know i'm, I'm i'll be conflicted at that point actually i might <laughs> depending on how things are going if Pablo Marie's marking one on two against uh, Tony and someone else <laughs> might just switch to Love Island and, and give that a go but uh, I think a good place to start tonight is the Granite Xhaka conundrum the Granite Xhaka contract myself and Josh um, had a little bit of a you know back and forth about this <laughs> this is one that definitely as of as divided opinion uh, from the Arsenal fan. So I'll go to Josh on this one first, actually. <laughs> All right. I thought <laughs> nice you might be easy. coming this way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you give, you so, give us your thoughts on this. Then. Yeah. So my thoughts are kind of a bit like all the other dealings we've seen so far for our transfer window is in isolation, you go, why have we signed a centre-back for £50 million? Why have we signed, you know, a backup left-back that doesn't look like he knows how to defend? Uh, why have we signed? Uh, I can't remember what our other signing is now. Is it Tavares? Lakonga. Anyway, that's it. I think Lakonga coming in, we go, yeah, we can see what's going on there from face value. We, you know, we've got a weak midfield, but I think Xhaka falls into the same as the Ben White, uh, you know, conundrum of when you, I think, look at our entire summer as a single entity more holistically, you'll kind of get, okay, that's the thinking behind it. In isolation, I think we were all happy to see Xhaka leave, to be honest. Um, I was very happy if Roma met the demands we were asking for, that we'd let him go. Um, it looks like they've not done that. So I think our other option was to you know, give him a longer contract, maintain his value for when 
you know, COVID kind of ends, people are getting a bit more money in. Hopefully the transfer window next summer is a bit more cash rich. And we look to move him on there instead. Because he, he's clearly in that mindset that he, he does fancy a new challenge if a new challenge is upon him. But I don't know what uh, anyone else thinks on that one. Uh, Stokes? Um, to be honest with you guys, I'm probably about as torn on this one as it is possible to be. I can... I was like you guys. I think it's his time to leave. I think the fact that he's been flashing his thigh to Mourinho all summer kind of puts him in a position where every mistake or every faux pas he has is going to be sort of exaggerated tenfold because everybody knows that deep down, underneath all the sort of, you know, bad kitchen exterior, underneath all of that, he doesn't 100% want to be here. My question with it has always been, you look at the fee that Roma offered, they were offering... I think it was 13 million and some potential add-ons, et cetera. And that was some distance away from the rumored 20 million that we wanted. The question I've thought about is for 8 million pounds, was it worth letting him go so he could bring in someone else? Or was it worth sticking to our guns and, you know, saying this is our valuation, this is what you should meet. Otherwise you don't have the player and he doesn't leave. Now the second part, I understand absolutely why the club would stick to that. It makes sense. You can't just let if Roma are seen to be lowballing low us, then everyone's going to do it. They'll do it with all the players we have surplus to requirements, and we're going to lose a considerable amount of money. But for the grand scheme of things and the shape of the squad, I think we should have let him go. Not that I don't rate him as a player, I rate him as a player, but it's just not his time to be here anymore. It's his time to go. That's what I think. Now, that's a really good point. So you gave kind of, you guys have given two sides of the story so 20 million i think that the, the big question is how much would a direct replacement cost us so if you're I'll, I'll, i mean let's look at the main rumors that we had this summer the, the main one was uh, uh what's his name ruben ruben neves. Neves. neves would have been about 35 so you would have made a 15 million loss if you if he goes for let's say fifteen, just for argument's sake, you make a 20 million loss so it's 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 kind of that that you're looking at so Rich, what do you think about all of this? What 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 are you making of it? Uh, I'm just as conflicted as the as the rest. Um, I think I was ready to move on from Jacka. I agree with the boys in the sense of I think it's his time to go. Um, I think we've mutually kind of outgrown each other, kind of thing, or as in not outgrown each other, but you know a mutual parting of the ways. We I think we as a club or the fan base, I think on the whole is generally ready to see him go and he doesn't want to be here kind of thing. Um, my only issue, I have, but I have no issue with him staying on for another season. Um, I don't think Xhaka is as bad as people make out for him to be. Um, I don't, me personally, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's as suited to the premiership as other leagues would be for him and as international football is for him. But in the, in the, the only, the only issue I have is if we give him a new long-term contract, if we were to just say, give him a contract for a season, like just a one year extension or whatever, I I, I would be fine with that to, to see out this, this season. Cause we, you know, we've got, Loads and loads of work to do. We've got Partey, who is, bless him, is ridiculously injury, injury, not injury prone, but he's had no luck with injuries, the boy. You know, Lokonga, 
brand new to the league, really young player. He's, you know, outstanding credentials and that, but he's, you know, a new lad to the, to the league. So it's, it's, it's not really the worst thing in the world to keep him on there and experience international captain in the league. My issue would come is if we, if we then put a big contract on him with, and nobody comes in to buy him next season, let's just say the leagues, you know, the Syria and stuff of like that haven't bounced back to the level that we would want that, you know, teams are going to spend 20 odd million on him. We're then going to be left with Jacker going into his advancing years on a big contract on big wages which is similar to what we've done with other players. That is my only nagging thing. Am I making sense of what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Totally. totally makes sense. I think that was my pushback um, when we were speaking, Josh, is mm. about his contract. I know we could sell him in a year, but for me, if you didn't sell him this year at 13 to 20 million, you, fair enough, you could take, you know, that sort of price next year when he's 29 going on 30. But, like um, Rich said, you know, some of these teams in Europe cannot, they, they can't do anything, especially, let's say, French football is, is down a hole, um, you know, and the biggest transfer that could have happened in fr- French football to kind of kickstart French football mm-hmm. again, which is Mbappe, he's probably going to leave on a free. So there's no money coming in there. Neymar signed a new contract. There's no money coming in there. So the big money that should be spread around, players are just going on a free transfer. Mm-hmm. And my biggest worry is, we are doing the opposite, which is uh, if Jack was 24, 25, I could understand giving him another contract. He, he, he's going to sign a contract worth, let's say 130 to be fair, because he's already signed one contract extension in he? when Emery was here. So this will be his second contract extension. Let's say he goes to about 130 K a week, four years. That's a fantastic contract. And as we've seen already, trying to shift players on nice, comfortable contracts, it this it's it's not going to be easy. So for me, I, I don't have a problem with the player. I have a problem with the style of football that we play with the player. The limitations that we've seen for I don't know how long in central midfield. What, what do you think, Josh? I think that's one of the things that we need to almost bear in mind as well is that this season, especially, I think you know thirteen million pounds in our back pocket and no Xhaka leaves us worse off than you know, not having that 30 million pounds and still having the player whilst we haven't liked him as I think a general fan base in terms of how often he plays for him. I've already spoken about Laconga, although I forgot that he'd actually joined, but based on his performances in preseason, you can see he is far more ready to push for a starting position, you know, trying to displace Xhaka and be a partner to Partey than say Elneny or Maitland-Niles or even Joe Willock, if Joe Willock was going to play in such a position. Uh, I mean, we've even got Lucas Torreira still on the books. Uh, there's another player that we can kind of talk about that, you know what, we need to put our resources into the players that are definitely not coming back. He, and, that Torreira yeah. situation baffles me. I, do, I don't <laughs> get what the hell is going on with that lad. Yeah, I, I, I can only think that, I, to be fair, I forgot he was at the Cup of America uh, because he didn't play. Uh, at least in Uruguay's last game. And it must be just a case of, we know he doesn't like England generally. It's not about the football. It's more about he doesn't like the place. He didn't like Emery, didn't like Arsenal. That's it. Players don't settle. 
So whether or not he is just buzzing around and yeah, the fact he's now in Spain, I'm assuming still means that we're expecting him either to sign for a team in Europe or uh, there is a future for him and Arteta's turned him around. But I'd be very surprised if it was the latter. I, me too. I, didn't, I can't see him playing for Arsenal again. It'll just be succession of loans and then he'll leave on a free. I don't even think we'll get a fee for him. That would be an absolute disaster, I think. <laughs> I think that would be it. But, I, think, I mean, there were reports today that they're, they're finding it hard to shift. Um, he, he was one of the players that they particularly mentioned. Yeah, um, we're not the only ones. Uh, of course. Even in the yeah. Premier League as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Deadwood Chelsea guy, it's mm. madness. Yeah. Well, you, you, uh, look, you look all of the clubs in the Premier League, mm. very few pl- teams have actually sold players. Mm. It's such a depressed market. It's It's... You know, and, and we're only really going to sell uh, and get any decent bit of money from other Premiership sides. Um, you know, I, th- I think as someone, I, I swear, I was, I was reading it or, or someone that it was saying that um, you know, Man United haven't actually sold a player. I don't think mm. um, uh, Newcastle haven't sold a player. Uh, I don't. Has Man City even sold a player? I think the 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 the, the ones with the most was. Um, was I think Chelsea with they've four players like mm. four young players right yeah, yeah Chelsea have sold people at their youth academy and uh, people, like they people they yeah. didn't actually want to sell at mm. their youth academy as well like some of yeah. their most talented young players so it's not the players they need mm. they want to get rid of you know they've they rocked up to the Emirates with a 29 man squad I heard the other day <laughs> you know they've got <laughs> so it is a it is a massive issue you know you take all of that into account it's sort of in my view, anyway, it's another reason that 13 million from Roma for a player who we're all in agreement was at that crossroads where it was his time to leave. Don't necessarily think that's bad. It's not good. But I mean, in the current environment with the financial restrictions, if it were me, I'd have taken it. You know what it is? If you thought, of, if you looked at his performances at the Euros, um, you know, in isolation, and yeah. as a Roma fan, if someone told me <laughs> you're signing that, that player for 13 million, Roma fans would have been <laughs> delighted with that. <laughs> to the, be fl- the flip side to that argument, you could show in some of his performances in an Arsenal shirt to the well, same <laughs> fans. They're probably like, oh Christ, 13 million? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I don't think he was that bad last season. I don't think I he's mean, in the, general bad. Yeah. I think he's pretty good. It's just... Mm. The problem with Xhaka to me has always been that he should never have been the best midfielder at the club. Mm. Yeah, and that for me is if he's still going to play every single game Mm. for Arsenal like he basically has done since he arrived, then that to me is a problem. But we're we're just going to have to see. As one of you guys touched on, I don't actually think he's as suited to the Premier League as he would be to somewhere with a slower tempo like Italy or France or Spain, somewhere that's not, um, you know, quite also balls to the wall and hell to leather. Yeah, so I think there's still a market for him in Italy because of that. And uh, if next season they've got money together, you know, into her, well, they've got some significant money troubles right now, but they'll still be but available then, to look for players. But then Josh, they're going to sell Lukaku, aren't they? Yeah. Do you think it is a money thing? Because Roma are actually splashing the cash on a, on a few players. So I think it's an age thing. If you look across they're, Europe, teams they're are not... They're selling as well. That's the other thing, is Roma yeah. are selling. They're, they're signing players still mm. in the 
25 million range or they're rumored to be so yeah i don't think it might be the money it might just be that they had a price that they mm-hmm. would not go for this specific player or age bracket and they just refuse to budge and we refuse to budge so that's it you know he'll sign a new contract and you know this is a good actually chance just to wrap up on the central midfield i think for me it's one of the most important aspects of the team right now now we've basically let's look at what we're we're left with right now we've got a thomas party uh mohammed Ernani, uh granite jacquard lukonga uh, let's uh, and then then you got all the, the the ones that you don't know what their futures are. So the Joe Willett, uh, Terrera, who else have we got in there? Is is that it? Maitland Niles, yeah, maybe Maitland Niles, maybe Miguel Miguel Aziz as well. If they're gonna make yeah, it, yeah, that makes sense. But you know, your 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 starting four, let's say, are you satisfied with them? <laughs> I think we're going to have to be, aren't we? Uh, if we sort out the rest of the squad. You know, I think so. if you're looking at it, I mean, if we were choosing, you'd keep Lukonga and Partey. You wouldn't keep the other two. I think now that we're keeping Xhaka, I think it's quite imperative that we get rid of Elneny somehow to make, to add another central midfielder. I think if you are le- <laughs> Richard, <laughs> did, that, did that hit you hard? <laughs> it hurt me right here, man. Right here. I think if you're if you're looking at it like this, if if you were to get a long term injury to party, would you be happy with your options of those three in central midfield. That's what I'd uh, go on, Rich. I, I'll ask you that. No, <laughs> we've seen it for. We've we've seen it's it's contributed to two conse- you know consecutive eight eighth place. You know, an overrun midfield every year. That's it's as much as I love my boy, uh, and and you know El Nenny and uh, and Danny's now. You know, we found out that Danny's part <laughs> Egyptian. Uh, Danny's boy. As much as I love the Egyptian Perlo, he's just not good enough. He's he's a brilliant backup guy in the League Cup and in the early rounds of the you know the Europa leagues and stuff like that. But he's unfortunately he's just he doesn't. He doesn't give you enough uh, as as a player, and I just it's 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 not good enough. We've seen we've seen the results of of what an El Nene Jaka uh, uh, midfield will will will, will give you. It's it, unfortunately it's not enough. Partey's just has been so unlucky because he has looked absolutely fantastic in preseason. I know it's only preseason, and you know it's the games aren't exactly. Um, uh, the most demanding kind of thing, but he is—he has looked every bit of that Rolls Royce player that was going to transform our midfield, and the guy just can't catch a break in the minute. You know that—that that injury was, you know, it was, it was such a needless tackle. I feel so bad for him. Um, yeah, I, I, I still think we need to go out and we we need to possibly buy another Premiership ready midfielder, central midfielder. Bazuma, Bazuma. But the problem you've got with um, a player like Basuma now is if you are saying, you know, you've, know exactly if you've added Lukonga, I'd find it hard to say you're going to add a Basuma because game time wise, I don't see how that would work. You know, if you're playing, you know, pretty much 38 games with a few cup games, how, how, how would that work? Um, Stokes, what do you think? 
I think I agree with you. I like Pesuma. Pesuma's quality, but I think he would be too much of the same thing with Partey and uh, Lakonga. I mean, for want of a much better example, we need someone sort of in the Ceballos mold, but not as much of a fucking prat from time to time. Um, I like Neves at Wolves. I think he's a really solid footballer. Really, you know, he can do the best of both worlds. Um, someone mentioned a while back about the concept of Smith Rowe dropping back into the eight role if we were to buy Madison or Odegaard comes back in on loan. But I think what we're going to miss is that um, you take party out. We don't have anyone who's physically imposing, who's all action, mm-hmm. who can contribute in defense and attack. El Nenny's a good backup player, but if you start 15, 20 Premier League games with El Nenny, we're finishing eighth again. There's no, I don't doubt that for a second. My concern is that the Jaco contract means they won't go into the market. And that is, mm-hmm. in my opinion, a massive mistake. If he stays, and we get someone else, and he's not necessarily in that immediate starting spot. If he's competing with two other players, then that's only a good thing. I think if they're reliant on him, then really get, we're going to go into the new season with the same problems we had the last. Well, it's been the last uh, quite a few seasons now. We lack goals or assists from central midfield, uh, yeah. which is a massive, massive problem. I'm not saying you know your midfielders should contribute to you know, Joel Willock, if you're not playing, you know, a system to fit a Joel Willock, I'm not saying they should contribute, but between them to have one or two goals, two to three assists a season between three to four players is, is always going to be a problem for you. So what about the the prospect of Ben White dropping into midfield every now and then, or, or pushing up into midfield every now and then, especially with party going away to the African Cup of Nations. I know this is something you touched on, Josh, on the last pod. Yeah, so Ben White started in midfield for Brighton last season, next to Basuma. So Basuma being the more all-action box-to-box, and then due to injuries in other parts of the field, Ben White dropped into the back three. So there is an option for Arsenal, Ben White goes into that position instead of maybe Xhaka, and then we gain a more, you know, it kind of frees up, say, Elneny from his defensive duties to be a bit more box-to-box, which we have seen he has got, you know, a decent shot in his locker uh, when he wants to. Uh, thinking, what, last season he got two great goals um, from from central midfield for us. So I think that's the opportunities. It's just making sure that, yeah, if we're improving on the defence, then hopefully our midfield just generally get a bit more relaxed uh, because they trust the guys that are behind them in terms of either being able to pick up the ball or just defensively as solid. And I think looking from where we were, uh, you know, post Christmas, where I think we were what third in the league based on form post-Christmas that I, I think there's some there's some good things happening there. There aren't many big changes we need to make. I think the key one is slightly further up the field in terms of having a player that can break the lines from you know just behind the striker uh, to stop, you know, Lacazette, Aubameyang, Pepe, Smith-Rowe, Saka all dropping too deep to pick up the ball from the back four because the midfield don't have that ability um, or that they don't trust the back four or the back four aren't great at bringing the ball up with them. 
I think that's what Ben White will bring us is he'll either break the line from, you know, defence to midfield uh, or it will give the midfielders encouragement to push forward because they trust the guy that's behind them to, you know, get them out of the pickle. Okay, that's 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 a good thought, actually. But when we're talking about trusting the guys behind him, I want to mm. <laughs> talk about the, the last line of defence <laughs> right now. <laughs> Our last line of defence and... Uh, the bit of a, a pickle that we've been in um, through preseason with our goalkeeper's situation, which has been a bit of a weird one because uh, we have obviously Leno as number one, who was on an extended break. So we started the summer preseason with Carhine and Arthur Okonkwo as our two goalkeepers. So we had no senior keeper in preseason and, that was because Mr. Runner Runnerson was expected to complete a move to Turkey, which didn't materialize. And all of a sudden, he's back in as number two. So as things stand, we're heading into the season with Bert Leno, um, Runner Runnerson, and Arthur Okonkwo as our three keepers. Now, uh, Bert Leno, let's start with him. Um, interesting performance on... <laughs> on Sunday, I think um, that was the whole of last season encapsulated into one game. I think um, <laughs> Stokes. <laughs> what do you think about Bert Leno? Is it was it rustiness, which you could say it was, because all he did at the Euros was just train. He did not play a game. So was it rustiness, or because I've seen those mistakes, you know, quite a lot of times? Is that something to be alarmed by? <sighs> I actually think the goalkeeping position is probably at least very much up there in parallel with midfielder in terms of something we need to sort out or we need to sort out very quickly. If we, I mean, Leno, there are parallels you can draw with him and Xhaka in as much as I don't think either of them particularly want to be here. And if we didn't have COVID, if you didn't have the majority of the clubs in Europe strapped for cash, I don't think either of them would be here. I think... We need to go out and buy someone who is not just a solid number two, but is capable of competing for the number one spot. I'm sure you guys will think the same, but Onana at Ajax is a no-brainer for the price he'd be. All right, we've got to wait till, is it January, before he can play again? November. Probably, November. Mm-hmm. I mean, Leno's going to be here next season, but he does. he's a, shot, he's a, he's a brilliant shot stopper. There's no dispute in that. He will save us points, but if Arteta is insistent on playing out from the back and trying to have his goalkeeper distribute under pressure, then he will make mistakes. And he will probably cost us a couple of goals over the course of the season. I like him, but he's just one of those players. It's him, Xhaka, Lacassette, all three. I like them. They're good players. They've been good players for Arsenal, but it's time for all three of them to leave. I think if Arsenal give contracts to those three players, it's a mistake. I think the smart thing to do would be to move them all on. Obviously, Leno's the one that will cause us the biggest problems if we move him on, because if he goes, then there's nobody. If he gets an injury in the season, then we're up shit creek with that proverbial paddle. I don't know what you guys think. I think that, I mean, Ram, Ramsdale for 30 million is fucking bonkers. In, in in a cash track market, that is up, up there with the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard. Mm. He's a good keeper. He's a solid keeper. But 32 million? No way. 
Yeah, um, you can tell Sheffield United are trying to cover their losses with one like, player. They they were like, oh, thirty million pounds for Sander Berg with only one one uh, year left on his deal, and yeah, Aaron Ramsdale, if you want him, oh yeah, about about the same, about the same. They just need one big sell, and that will. Uh, yeah, but we've, I'm sure you guys yeah. agree. We got to do something. <laughs> And it, oh, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, bringing in a, I think they need to bring in a keeper that's capable of taking a number one spot or a very well. competing for it. Because Leno, Leno's form dropped last season. I don't think that's any coincidence that it happened at a time where he didn't have any solid competition. Yeah. And I think, uh, although I think it came from uh, Simon Collings, friend of the podcast and podcasty at some point, I'm sure he'll be back on uh show during the season had mentioned that if we basically had made it into Europe Matt Ryan would have signed but because we don't have the yeah. game time for the quality of that keeper mm. we, we, if we're going to guarantee Bert Leno number one like Anana, he's not going to come here to play second fiddle for a season when he knows he can play a number one position for a team probably in Champions League as well I have yeah. the opinion that's exactly what they need to do to Leno not mm. assure him of number one spot tell him he's got to earn it Bring someone mm. in that can compete with him for it, because that might bring the best out of him. Mm. Yeah, and this, that's the problem. Slightly is what options we have. It is very much uh, Leno. You play home games almost. The other keeper, you play away games. Uh, yeah, really I, we I, don't have those I, kind of options. But look at the other season, side. Is yeah. it? Ima- imagine he pulls a hamstring or does an ankle mm. in the first first game. Then yeah. you look at then you're looking at bloody it's either a conquo or. <laughs> Oh, or the corner flag really? is right. I'd rather put in. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Can you, can you yeah. just imagine watching that? I mean, a is it just as like the a just as the transfer window closes, it'll be that not first game of the season, first game after the transfer window closes. And doubly be, so. Imagine yeah. Unison with fans in the ground. He'll have a fucking mm. conniption the minute the ball goes near the six yard box. Oh, Rich, what, what's your thoughts on all this? Let's say, let's say that the day you hear the eve before Brentford on Thursday, you hear Arteta comes into his press conference and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, we lost uh, uh, Leno. He was uh, kicking the ball out on a, you know, routine practice, and he's out for four weeks. So your options next week, who are you going with? Can <laughs> uh, can we not just like? Bungie called him to the post and in a star shape that uh, might just be uh, <laughs> like a scarecrow. Um, a loan deal for Jens Lehman. That's the only way to go. <laughs> yeah. um, mate, I, I don't know what you, you what you would do because like, as as promising as maybe a Quanco as as might be, he's very limited. Game. Wasn't he injured as well for like big parts of the of the season missed, last well, yeah. season? He missed that, one whole yeah. year, I think, the season so before. He's, he's gonna be. He's so not not ready. Um, uh, I think is it is it Carl Hein is the Estonian mm. lad. He's played, I think, a couple of Euro, um, international games at least, I guess. But I I, I think I, um, George Bird said that he's probably gonna go out and loan somewhere. Um, so kind of that's moot. So it's mate. Can you imagine Runnison? He's just—he's not good enough. Um, no, God, no. I—I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I—I I agree uh, with Stokes. I think that goalkeeper is, is a massive, massive position for us because, like I said, Len, Leno doesn't seemingly is not happy, and he's just his confidence is shot. I—I I think Leno is a very, very good keeper. You know, you've—you've on, you've only got to to remember 
the the fear and trepidation when he first got injured by Mope at Brighton, how much we like the collective as the fan base collectively lost their shit. Excuse my language, because of how good he had been and how integral he had been to to what we were doing at the time, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know if there's like a uh, like a, a a young or not even a young like a steady championship goalkeeper that we could kind of like import for a year or two, like you know, not not go full Scott Carson, but like you know, like is it uh, is it Freddie Woodman, the guy who was on loan at, at Swansea? What's the guy uh, at West Brom as well? It's um, I, I can't remember his name. Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson. That's the guy. Uh, yeah, so you know, one one of those guys, just you know, to get. I uh, is it Anana? Is that how you pronounce his mm-hmm. name? Um, he would be, uh, like I said, a terrific signing. From what I've heard, I've not really seen massive amounts of him, but I've you know, I've heard he's very very good with the ball at his feet. Um. I think the price tag is appealing as well. That is very, very appealing as well. I just, I just think, I think he'll have other suitors elsewhere because like, uh, like you said, he's going to have to, yes, we can, we're going to have to wait for him until November, but he's going to have to wait for us until Leno is gone mm. per se, yeah. or, you know, he's going to have to, you know, until Leno at least performs badly enough that you can hook him. And um, and bring in his replacement. He's mates. also got a cup of nations as well that he'll want to be a part of for Cameroon. The bloody team though at this rate, weren't it? Yeah, uh, well, especially if we'd bought Eve Basuma and uh, traded out Xhaka for him, that would only leave us with uh, with Lukonga. Not even El No, El Neni would be off. It would just be Lukonga, Lukonga, uh, and maybe Aziz. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it would be. The, the, the... The squad building at Arsenal is is quite um, must be quite a challenge. Mm. Um, that, it, it has been for years, though. This and yeah. like, that's one thing I don't. It's you know this is not all like, like Arteta and Edu's fault kind of thing. We have been doing this nonsense for years. This isn't this, a, a yeah. new problem at Arsenal. Yeah, I think if actually to was credit, the sorry, yeah, sorry, Josh, go Perfect. ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, if Arteta came in straight off the back from Arsene rather than Emery, we'd be in a better position. Mm. Because look how many creative players Emery alienated and got rid of mm. in his tenure. That's Ramsey, Wilshire, Santi probably was going already. Uh, but even if we had one of those players left, I obviously don't think Jack would be able to put out the number of games that we'd need from him. But certainly Aaron Ramsey signs a new deal under uh, Arteta. But yeah, Stokes, what are you going to say? I was going to say for this, what they're actually doing transfer-wise this season is the first time since uh, Wenger left where I actually look at them and think, yeah, I can see what they're doing. They're actually making some good, solid acquisitions here. The right age frame, the right sort of player profile to coin you know, the parlance of our times. Those with a high ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, uh, talking about transfers, let's look at a few little... Bits and bobs, um, rumours-wise. Um, I'll just get your opinion. I'll go. I'll jump around and um, our Lataro Martinez. I'll give that one to Rich. What do you think? Yay, nay, or absolute nonsense? Uh, I, I can't really see it myself, just because of you know we've already got Abamyang and Lacazette 
And then we've got Nketia, who we need to shift, and, you know, the young Balogun. And if they're going to lose Lukaku, I can't really see it myself. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I haven't even seen enough of him to even say if that is a an awesome deal or, you know, he's the next Thierry Henry or... I don't know what sort of player Alexis he's like, Sanchez. Kind of the next, yeah, whatever. I, I don't know enough about him to to, to be fair. So I'm kind of like the wrong person that uh, to come to for it. But I I, I think with this, I, uh, like I said, we, we you've got a Bamiyang. You've got we only play with one up top as well. So where else are you gonna like? Where does he? Do, where does where does this guy play? Does he play as a central striker or does he can he play on the wings and and stuff like that? He plays off Lukaku mainly, so. Mm. It's kind of like a, a support kind of support striker, kind of like uh, I, I don't know if you would. What's that? Sorry, I say a little bit like how if anyone remembers when Alexis played, not for Inter but before Udine. then for Udinese, Udine, yeah. that was second striker kind yeah. of style. Could play on the wing, but you wouldn't bother. You'd play him centrally, especially with who we've got available uh, for our wing options. Uh, I just wonder on. Have we got Sousa's lined up for Lacazette? Is the is the main thing and Abamyang as well? Because uh, I'm not sure. I can't necessarily think of the entire thinking of having Martinez or Latoura Martinez up top. Is how do you fit everybody else in? Mm. Uh, I know it's a I know it's a nice problem to have. But but, that, but then yeah. we are linked with a few strikers. So another striker mm. we've been linked with is Tammy Abraham. Um, I can't think of another one, actually. But it seems clear that we are chasing... We're trying to do something in the striking department. Um, linked to that, let's just do a, um, an out in the striker department. Um, Eddie and Ketia, mm. do you think he will be shifted, uh, Stokes? Uh, I think if we can either get a good fee for him... Which I don't think we will, but I think I think he won't be here. He'll go on loan. Would you just take anything for him at this stage? Because you, mm. I mean, his contract's up in a year. There's no point in I think in loaning it, him. If it's like eight, ten million pounds, you take it. Just take it and run. Yeah, yeah I, it, I, we're not losing out on him. He's a, a hmm. academy kid. We, I don't think we bought him in for a fee, did we? Because I know he left Chelsea. Is this year? Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. But yeah, so yeah, if you get eight, ten million for him, take it. He's not. He's never going to consistently start for Arsenal, is he? No, and ironically, he's looked the sharpest of the. Yeah, strikers, yeah I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> he's yeah in preseason. Okay, let's go with another one. Um, I'll give this one to Josh. The Madders, James Madison, ten or oh. eight, if he was to join us. Apparently, yeah. Uh, ooh, seventy million is the is the is the figure being banded about. I think I could see us doing it. Uh, I really could. There's just something about the way that we've not thrown our money around, but the way that we've put deals together. And I think when we turn into the financial experts of how transfer fees are actually you know, put in the books and stuff like that, that if we sign into a long deal, it's not actually that much. And bearing in mind the parte fee we paid last season is completely paid off. You know, it was 50 million cash that we paid there. So we've not got, we don't have to keep paying Atletico Madrid for, for him. So we do have a bit of space left in the budget, I I reckon. And, you know, everybody at the club up and down will want us to be, um, 
in Europe next season and we'll do it by hook or by crook. And I think getting a player in of that kind of quality. So obviously uh, Arteta has identified him as a player that we could do with, especially if Odegaard isn't going to come back from Real Madrid. I think um, whether or not he's going or staying there changes as frequently as the wind right now. But <laughs> yeah. What See, I, do, I, I yeah. actually think it won't be Madison. It'll be Odegaard. Mm. I think and if we've did, got the didn't option, Tony Cru- don't, didn't Tony Cruz just get injured and and they and Chilotti have said he's going nowhere? Or is oh, that I, haven't seen, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. I'd be surprised because they play in different positions. But <laughs> see, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting what what uh, what Real Madrid do generally because they've got a lot of players they want to try and shift as well. You know, they've got players like Isco. Uh, I think Asensio is a player they want to shift as well. They've got lots of players that they want to move on. And it might be a similar, like we're seeing, like we just mentioned Chelsea, Man City are another one as well. They've sold three players, all of them at their youth academy and two free transfers in terms of Aguero and uh, Eric Garcia leaving them. So I think, that it might be a case of if Real Madrid need the money, they can't shift a player like Isco. Well, they're going to need to generate some money from somewhere. And that does then mean, unfortunately, Odegaard's got to go out. If you can uh, get Odegaard for 40 million mm. over Madison for 70, it's a no brainer mm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Madison. It, it, this one's kind of weird because it started as a, you know, a rumor in the summer. That was just like one of those, uh, one of those, <laughs> what's it called? Account those. Um, who, who? Okay, it was the bell that that started yeah. this, and I just I looked at it and I thought, yeah, that's absolute nonsense, to be honest. <laughs> and he kept dropping little bits and bobs, and then now the English media, which to be fair, like since listening to the um the wonderful interview with Simon, with um Simon and Chris. You know, it made me appreciate some of these the Arsenal focused uh, media guys a lot more. Um, there's there's a few of them that focus specifically on Arsenal, but listening to Simon, he, you know, the way he explained it, it, it kind of makes sense that they do get these rumors. Now, the way that it's been dropping this week is it's pushing a little bit further. So now I'm starting to think maybe there is something to it, but it's whether Arsenal, you know, Arsenal obviously are testing the waters with you know, offering players for swap deals first, then you move on to, okay, let's negotiate a price. Then you literally, you know, force the issue. I think that might be the way it goes. So it looks like he is a number one target. And now an attacking midfielder, you know, I'll look at one that is rumored to be on the way out. Um, uh, Let's go with Rich. Um, Reese Nelson to Crystal Palace. This one doesn't make sense to me because they're talking about a loan deal, but it apparently has one year left on his contract. So I'm a bit confused by this one. Um, what What's going on here? Yeah. I mean, I, he ne- he needs to go somewhere and play football. Um, so from his sense, from his point of view, um, makes all the, 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 the sense in the world. Um, I think um, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to like sign an extension or something like that. Um, considering his track record is in like the amount of games he's got, I don't know why he probably would sign a new contract extension. I don't know. Let's say I'm, I'm not not in his head, but he needs to go out and, and, and play some football for his career. Because like, how old is he now? Is he getting? 
24, I think, 23. It's so, yeah. So, I mean, he needs to, he needs to start being a, an actual professional footballer and playing some some games. So he he needs to leave uh, at least on loan somewhere in, with the with the with the best in the world. Hopefully, we can see now. He is one person who I would, regardless of whether you wanted to keep him or not, I would sign him to to a, a big contract extension, not like big money wages, but a, a long contract to, to protect his value. So that if he does have a, a storm or a, wherever he goes on loan to Crystal Palace or wherever, then you can either put him into the side and he's a ready-made replacement to, to come into, or we can get some, some big money for him in a, in a year. But either which way, you know, he on the wings, he's behind Pepe, Saka, Smith Rowe, who you know sometimes play that plays there, Abamyang, who will probably play there before him, Martinelli, who will play there before him, and unfortunately William, who will play there before him. So he's oh. like he's way down the, the the pecking order in Arteta's mind, kind of thing. So I, I think he needs to he needs to. I think it makes sense. I'd, 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 maybe not the sense to put him on loan if we don't sign a new contract, but he needs to go out and play football. Yeah, that's very true. All right, let's do some quick um, ins and outs before we move on to a couple of last little bits and bobs. So I'm just going to give you a name, and I want to know, will he be there at the end of the transfer window or not? So um, Stokes, Ronison, will he be at Arsenal at the end of the transfer window? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> no, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating it. I just think it's... <laughs> <laughs> the, the kind of dipshitted thing that we'll do. <laughs> yeah, no one will take him. <laughs> Josh, Hector Bellerin, will he be there or not? Oh, uh, no. No, I don't, don't think he think will. Don't think he will. Uh, by the end of the window, yeah. Uh, Rich, Cedric. Yes. Oh, God. I just, no one's going to... Who's going to buy him? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the issue. It's not the fact that we cover him or either. who's going to buy him. Who's he well, going to go to? God, this is depressing. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Stoltz, Klasenet. Hopefully. I would say, yeah. I mean, I mean, Christ. He's on big wages though, isn't he? So, yeah, uh, rumor, I, I, yeah, would I'd have to that. release him on a free, which means I'm guessing whoever picks him up would have to pay whatever's left on his contract for I mean it would be stupid to pay him up on a contract for him to leave you're better off just leaving him there or sending him on loan for a year yeah. if they've got any sense they got him in for nothing just let him go for nothing don't yeah. ask for a fee just <laughs> Lucas Torreira uh, Josh uh, little Lucas won't be here next season yeah won't be here for the end of the window uh, Rich Aisley maintenance Niles Ooh. Actually, um, I'm going to give you a different one. Mama down any? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but the the Egyptian Perlo is still going to be here. Arteta okay. loves him, and so do I. <laughs> All right, Stoltz, Maitland House. No. Yeah, I think he'll be gone somehow. Josh, Joe Willock. Oh, that is a difficult one. I think Joe Willock will still be here. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I agree with that I, as well. I don't think Newcastle's pockets are deep enough. For he's, one of our only, demanding. he's one of our only saleable assets. Mm. That's why I I think. We should be selling him for more than 
22 million, which is what Newcastle have been offering us. It's the same uh, thing with Maitland Niles. We had an opportunity to sell him for good money and we didn't. Mm. So it's a case that we won't get that money now for him. Mm. So it's a case of taking the risk. I think Joe oh, Willock's worth yeah. the risk. Definitely. Uh, based on what we've seen him when he can play football. And he, and he um, scores goals and that's, you know, yeah. scarce in our midfielder. So I think you keep him. Yeah. My biggest fear is if you keep him and he sits on the bench, you've wait, you've done the Maitland Niles thing. Yeah, which is a very very good point. In mm. taking whatever they offer you, if you're if you have no plans for him, take the twenty two million because it, now Maitland Niles a year on, you wouldn't even get fifteen or the twenty that they were offering. Yeah. You you probably wouldn't get you probably get ten if that. So you've and, got to be careful if you have Mikkel no plans. hasn't used Willock at all, seemingly. Yeah. Like he's, he's, I don't think he's barely really featured all that much in, in, in the preseason in the league, games. Yeah. And even mm. when he was in the squad, he didn't, I don't know if he just doesn't fancy him. Kind of, I, I can see him going. I think, I think this Newcastle deal has got legs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rich, sticking with you, Lacazette. I think he'll, yeah, I think he'll still be here just because I've I've not seen or high, any sniff of a rumor that someone's gonna 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 buy him. Like he's on big enough wages, you know. How old is he now? Is he what twenty something? Twenty nine. Twenty eight. Twenty nine. Yeah, I, I can't. No, I think he'll still be. I think he'll still so be. So he'll yeah. be leaving on a free, is what you're thinking. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That's great. Um, <laughs> so it's a William. <laughs> Yeah, it'll, it'll still be here because, uh, like, it's the same. Who's gonna Who's gonna spend, you know, 120, 130 grand a week on that fucking bonehead? No one in their right mind. <laughs> I, I mean, can't, I maybe, mean... maybe maybe Saudi Arabia or the States would, but nah, he'll be he'll be here. I actually, I mean, yeah. underneath it, he's actually a decent player. I kind of hope that if he can find a bit of form, it's good for us. But up until this point, yeah. it's been disastrous takes off a squad space um, and a space in the manager's mind. I think that's... If we get any kind of offer for him, take it. Even if someone says, we won't pay you a a transfer fee, we'll just take him off your hands, take it. Yeah. All right. Um, We're going to talk about pre-season, but I know the clock is ticking. So let's do our little fun season predictions. If we have any time, we'll do the pre-season chitter, chitter chatter. So at ABW, we wanted to get our host to do some predictions um, and I'll try and take a note of these so that we'll revisit their mid-season and end of season and see which one of the guys you know were, were said William was going to be player of the year and then uh, desperately wrong <laughs> <laughs> or which one of them said Ben White was going to be top scorer so we've got a few little categories some little fun ones so we'll go with the We'll just go around. I'll go from Stokes to Rick to Josh, and then I'll say one myself. We'll go in that order. And then, uh, yeah. So, number one on the list, player of the season. Who you got, Stokes? I'm going to go with a big shot in the dark and say it's going to be the season we see the best of Aubameyang. So, I think it'll be him. I think he had such a bad season last season. He's going to come out swinging this. Okay, that's a big call, Rich. So my uh, my player of the season, I put um, uh, the Smith Emil Death Row. 
Um, I, I think he was so important last season. You look at that metric as in like before he started up till Boxing Day and then afterwards, it would, you know, the um, almost night and day for the, you know, the, the form of the team. He seems to be coming into his own. He, he's, he seems to be developing into his man body kind of thing, you know, a lot more physical. So I'm going to say uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. All right. Uh, Josh? Uh, oh, we've all gone different. I've gone for the little chili. For Saka. <laughs> I think he'll be player of the season. Uh, yeah, I don't think I need to go too much into that. Uh, he displaced arguably one of the most talented under 21 wingers in world football to start for England in the Euros. So, uh, yeah, I'd uh, certainly say for him, for me, uh, that's who I'd have player of the season. I'm going for a totally different one as well. I'm going with a shot, shot, shot in the dark, and I'm going Nicolas Pepe randomly, mm. even though I'm not his biggest fan. But I, I just, there's something about him end of last season and preseason that I think we need something in the goals and assist department. Um, all right, number two, breakthrough player. We're going the same order. Oh. I reckon it's difficult to say because we haven't really got anyone with shining potential on the periphery at the moment. I'm going to say Aziz. I reckon we're going to see him get some minutes because we won't recruit in midfield, and I reckon he's going to come through and look good this year. Rich? Ditto. I've got Aziz down. I think he looks in phenomenal shape. Um, it, you know, he, he looks so assured on the ball and, and he just looks very, very class. Uh, the only worry is the lack of game time. But if Partey's injured, you know, God forbid anything happens to, you know, any anyone else. And if El Nene goes off in the African Cup of Nations as well, he could get minutes. So, yeah, I've, I've gone for Aziz. Josh? And I've gone with Lekonga. Because I think there's more chance of minutes. So I think we've all gone for a midfielder, haven't we? Uh, but basically, it's at which stage of the minutes do you think they're actually going to get to break through in? And for me, I think the Kong has probably got more of a chance. That's a good shout. I've gone the Konga as well, so mm. <laughs> no need to dwell on that. Um, it's kind of the same, but you know, there's you can add. There's a few more players that we can add to the list. Young player of the season. Stokes. Oh me, uh, Smith Rowe. There you go. If you, I keep it short and sweet. I just think, <laughs> as uh, Rich touched on, it's his season to sort of. It's his first full season from Boxing Day up until the end of last. He was exceptional, so I reckon. Yeah, it'll be him. Rich. Yep, yep. He was he was my my shout for player of the season. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna win both awards for me. <laughs> Josh. I've got the same as in my player of the seasons, winning young player of the season as well, and it's a full house for Saka. Ah, I've gone Smith Rowe, so three out of four there mm. for the ESR. Um, number four, top scorer. This is an interesting one. <laughs> this was Lacazette last season, or Bamiyang, obviously, the previous two seasons. Who have you got, Stokes? It backs up my choice for player of the season, so i got to go with Bamiyang. Okay. Rich? Yeah, I've gone for a Bamiyang. I can't see many other people chipping in with as many goals as he can. Uh, oh, for crying, uh, as hopefully, <laughs> sorry, my daughter just tried to call me. Uh, hopefully, he um, he, uh, he he gets the goals that he uh, can. He normally gets. Sorry, that's cool. Uh, Josh, 
Uh, I've got a Bamiyang as well as a uh, top scorer. I was, it was between him and Pepe to be honest. Cause yeah, like you were saying, Femi, for if you've got Pepe as player of the season, there's a chance he's top scorer as well because he looks more informed than a Bamiyang. And that's exactly why I've gone Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I've just got a feeling that without the Europa league, he'll start more league games and, um, you know, in the Europa League, he he smaller teams he beat up on them, and then he just didn't get chances against smaller teams in the league. So hopefully, you get chance against smaller teams and do um, better. All right, this is a big one. Our last league positions. Oh, sixth. I reckon we'll improve. It won't be anything drastic. I don't think we'll get anywhere near the top four. I think it'll be sixth. Uh, seconded, I've I've gone I've gone fifth or sixth. Um, I think we will improve as the the back end of the season that like you know the second half of the season showed. But I think the top four, the you know City, Chelsea, uh, United, Liverpool, with what they're spending in the you know Liverpool being Liverpool, I think they're going to be over the hill and far away from us. So I, I think a, a very distant fifth or sixth. Oh, see, I'm the positive one, fourth. Fourth, I've got us finishing. Um, yeah, I, I think there's an opportunity for us to do better than it's all got to be. Basically, us. we haven't got any like European games to get our form up if we do badly. But I think if we do maintain our form, then we've got an opportunity to hit fourth, and I think it's there for the taking. Who, who are we displacing? Who, who do you think we're gonna? Uh, so what? So thinking it's. Out of City, United, Liverpool, and Chelsea, yeah. I, I think it's probably Chelsea at the moment. Whilst they don't have a striker, mm, uh, they're going to get Lukaku in the next them. week, probably. Possibly, um, United again. They keep hitting second, and I can't see why they keep finishing second in the league. There's nothing in that squad that screams to me that they should be doing that well. It's, you've, got, you've got to admit with Varane and Sancho it's a much better squad man. it's a better squad but you've still got a PE teacher in charge of it so that is uh, true that's my kind of there's going to be something in there uh, that Liverpool side they've only brought in one centre back and that is a side that is basically a year older that can't shift their deadwood again It's it was a declining team last season you could see how awful they were at some points whether or not that break will have done them any good, I'm not sure. Uh, if they'll come back with the same kind of vigour that we saw from them two seasons ago. But again, any dodgy start from them, we can capitalise on it, I think. And I'm just going to play it safe and say we're going to finish sixth. <laughs> just can't, just, I just can't see what has improved that much. All right, um, probably link to that and uh, last couple. Uh, Arteta... Will he still be manager this time pre-season next summer? So, uh, I don't think he lasts past Christmas. If we start badly, if we start badly, I, I admire the fact they're sticking to their guns with him. But I think if we start like we started last season, he'll be gone. <laughs> Rich, uh, I, I've put yes, but it depends on the end of this transfer and the start of this season. If we have, like I said, if we have another horrific start, woof, I think I agree with Stokes. I think he's done by Christmas. Josh? Uh, I think he'll be with us until the end of the season 
almost irrespective of where we finish. Uh, obviously, finish 17th. He probably won't be here, but realistically, where we're probably going to finish anywhere between first and eighth, he's still at the club next season. Oh, I think he'll be at the club, but I think he doesn't understand the, the fan pressure that he's under. So it's a 50-50, but I'll say he's still there. All right, just a couple of little cheeky ones to end the section with. We are doing a documentary, as we know, um, and I think we've, we've all seen a couple of those, um, what they call all or nothing documentaries, mm-hmm. and there's always a, 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 a weirdo or a twat in, in, in them, as we call them. So who do you think is going to be the biggest twat to come out of this documentary at Arsenal Stokes? Uh, Willian. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a logical answer why. I just feel like it will be here. Rich. Uh, I put, depending on when the filming started, I, I put Gwen Doozy. <laughs> that haven't started yet. <laughs> well, then, yeah. Then, uh, I don't know. Josh Cronkey, maybe. Oh, that's a good shout. I think yeah, he's yeah, that is a good shout. all over this mm. documentary. Josh uh, well actually yeah similar to Rich because I'd assumed they started shooting already uh, but I had Lucas Torreira I think it's going to be somebody who you know in these documentaries it's someone like Jack Rodwell or um, it was Aidan McGeady it wasn't I don't think Deli Ali was that much of a twat in All or Nothing it was just um, childish it was just Danny Rose. it was Danny Rose I thought Danny came out Rose, really yeah. well from it because he stood up to Mourinho and said basically <laughs> why are you playing a child centre back at left back rather than me you arrogant twat and he just went okay fine see you later um, no the, the biggest twat from that was Daniel Levy um, yeah <laughs> If and you're that's chairman, pool, uh, that's yeah. some pool of twats to be selected from as well. <laughs> Absolutely, but I'd say any chairman slash part owner that sits with oh. the players during breakfast is just too cringy. Um, yeah, oh. he can't be doing that. So who have you got? Uh, so yeah, I've got Lucas Torreira as the biggest twat because I think it's going to be someone kicking up a fuss about a transfer uh, and just refusing to play. And I'm going straight to Vinay. I think he's going to look mm. like the biggest. No, nah, no, nah, he's a lovely, he's a lovely dude. Yeah, I've, but I've, I bet me, you... I've met him a few, a few times. He's a lovely, lovely dude. He probably is, but I bet you, other <laughs> the fans are going to be either cringing or laughing at some of the stuff that he PR, the PR talk, and I bet you he. <laughs> He's the one that feels some of the brunt, especially if the season doesn't go well. And last but not least, the most random thing you think will happen in Arsenal all or nothing. So, uh, Alex Aruna said he'll spontaneously combust in the showers. Danny will drive to the Emirates and do some sort of dirty protest outside the armory. <laughs> Josh. Uh, everyone ends up liking Willian in the fan base afterwards oh. because oh, come just on, you've got to do something like uh, you know that is that's that pretty is serious. Okay. All that's right. actually going to happen. Come sorry, on. sorry. Um, You're all going to be the, sorry when Alex Runison explodes on television. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, the the Cronkies turn up at the training ground and end up at Watford instead. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be that. Most random thing I think that will happen is 
Granite Xhaka <laughs> and Burnt Leno having a, a, a fight over a hospital pass that Leno gave him. Oh, yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. That was nice and fun. So the other, hopefully the other um, hosts on ABW get to have a chance mm-hmm. at that next week. We're going to um, say goodbye to Stokes um, as we're wrapping up. So he's going to shoot off. Any last words before you shoot off? Uh, only thanks for having me on guys it's been a pleasure talking with you all and let's hope that some of the positive uh, predictions we've all made come to pass and all the sort of the miserly ones don't so much <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll catch you guys later all right cheers. Cheers, cheers bye, bye. bye. and we're just going to round up we'll do a little bit of pre-season so our last pre-season game <laughs> we are playing what I don't understand is a preseason mm. game. Uh, we are playing Spurs at the whatever their stadium is called, the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, whatever it's called. Which I drove past yesterday. I went to the Sainsbury's underneath it. Um, weirdly, um, <laughs> randomly as well. So yeah, we're playing them. At th- I don't know what time on Sunday, but two o'clock. And I, then, I, then the I ladies play ask, straight after. Do you, oh the men are playing before the ladies this time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do yeah. you think? this type of fixture puts unnecessary pressure on Arteta, whether we like it or not. Obviously, I'm not a big fan of the whole palaver that happened at the beginning of preseason where we played kids and unfit and we lost a random game. But do we think that um, <laughs> that this match puts very unnecessary pressure on the manager because... Whether we like it or not, there's going to be uproar if something goes wrong in a game like this. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I can see why it's ended up as a preseason friendly for us because you know we didn't know about international travel at this time of year, so we've got to play a team of requisite quality to get us fit. I think in normal circumstances, you know, we're doing the Emirates Cup, or I know this is in the Mind series. Um, so a proportion of the uh, fee, if you choose to watch it on Arsenal player, goes to the charity rather than anywhere else. Uh, the Yeah, I, I still not entirely... It does kind of lose a little bit of a shine playing, you know, a North London derby in pre-season, uh, especially in London as well. I think if it's played overseas, if you've played it in, you know, America... We'd be annoyed, but not as annoyed. But I think because it's in London, it's at Spurs Stadium, it's going to add a lot of pressure to it. Um, fans being back in the stadium, I think that's going to be a great thing to to witness. I think it's the first time a lot of those players will have seen an atmosphere from the Arsenal fans at a pinnacle, especially you know North London derby, even though I don't think it's at full capacity. Certainly expecting a decent noise from them. Um but yeah, I think the pressure will mainly come from uh, the fan base rather than you know the manager putting it on the players. Uh, they'll be still seeing this as a preseason game, I think fundamentally. Whereas I think we'd want them to take it a bit more seriously and win at all costs, irrespective of what the game actually means. Yeah, I think um, this is the last chance for to get fitness in the legs um, for some players that had just have not played much preseason um, because on the back of this uh, Sunday, right? Sunday is it Sunday? Then we play Friday. Is it Saturday? 
I think it's Saturday, but Saturday. I could be wrong. We play Friday. So, mm -hmm. who are you thinking, um, Rich? Are you thinking Saka to start or 45 minutes for Saka? Uh, ben White clearly has to start a game before Friday. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are up in the air, especially for a game that I, I, I just dread. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not pessimistic, but I just dread Arsenal losing a pre-season North London derby and then something going wrong against Brentford, the kind of pressure that that puts the manager under. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Because uh, it, 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 it's just, you could see it badly snowballing. With the, you know, the, 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 let's say the fact that, you know, Ben White needs to get minutes. Jack is going to have to need to get minutes in this game. You know, Saka, you know, Lisa will imagine 45 minutes kind of thing. And then we go to newly promoted Brentford away. Uh, and, you know, that has got banana skin written all over it. You know, we lose that. And then we've got what? We've got Man City and then Chelsea. Chelsea, then City. There's yeah. a Chelsea, then City. And it's, yeah, you're... You know, we we could be praying for the freaking international break at, the, at that point. I hope it doesn't come to that. I can see why they're doing they're doing this game. Um, let's try to, again, try to get some some competitive minutes under them. Try to get um, recoup some money, you know, so that with all the fans and stuff like that, I, I kind of get it. I just yeah, I just hope that you know there's some unnecessary tackles don't go flying in and we see another injury to someone like, you know, an important player like party again. Um, yeah, it's, um, I, I'm not looking forward to the game at all. I'm not going to lie. Now, my biggest thing about this game is it's a last chance to see some players. Now, one of the things that's kind of annoyed me in preseason is, um, uh, seeing things that we probably won't see during the season, such as Kolasinac coming on as centre-back in nearly... He's played nearly every game of pre-season. And I really think that we're at a point now that we don't need to be seeing Kolasinac coming on as centre-back or, you know, random things happening. Uh, or Bamiyang playing on the left. Is that, you know, a plan for the season? Is it not? If it is, I think Mikel Arteta should really rethink it because... I don't think we want to see Aubameyang chasing wingers back to our left uh, our left back position this season. So it, it's a last chance to uh, dust off all the little you know rustiness. So I, I want to ask you just before we close actually about the the little tweaks in the formation that we saw against Chelsea. Do you think? Uh, 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 let me look at the positives. I, I've, I've spo everyone's spoken enough about the negatives, the high line. <laughs> the pressure on the ball being all wrong. But the, the positives were we were nicking the ball quite high up the pitch. We did finish the game really, really strongly. And, you know, just there was a, there were a few positives and, and, and we did apply a lot of pressure on Chelsea in the first 20 minutes. Josh, what do you think? You, you think it looked more like towards that, you know the Villarreal game where we we had a plan, but mm. we, obviously clearly we didn't practice it enough. Mm. But it was kind of that that four one four one type formation. Does that did I count enough players there? Four one. Yeah, four, it depends which way they were going. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you mean that one. Um, it is certainly interesting to see how we're going to 
lineup. I think one of the big, like not key pieces to the puzzle, but because we haven't got that piece right now, is missing. You know, we've already spoken about is it uh, Madison or is it Odegaard that come in? I don't think either play in that kind of system for us. I know we saw Odegaard try and do it here versus Villarreal when we didn't have any fit strikers, but I can't see it being a long-term uh, option for us. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be good to have a lot of adaptability, though, for basing on what games, what changes in games to flex between the two. Because, as you say, we managed to win the ball high up, and I think if it causes if the game calls for that kind of approach, then yeah, preseason is the time to try it out. And maybe this is going to be ultimately the way that um, we end up playing under Arteta, but I'm not sure right now against a Chelsea, we have the personnel to really, really hurt them. Uh, And that's the only slight worry, but let's say the, uh, the window is still open. Yeah. Uh, transfer window still open and I can't judge what we did in a preseason game based over, you know, when we potentially next play Chelsea. Yeah. I think I think one of my biggest takeaways, I don't know, and this is Rich as well, you can um have this one. One of my biggest takeaways is that we the aggressive style of play. I think last season a lot of fans were not happy with the style of play, as in they thought it was too negative, you know, all of that type of stuff. We look to be more on the front foot against weaker teams. I think that's the way to go because you want to try and pressure them so much that they don't even attack you, which is what Man City, you know, at their best do, which is, you know, you don't get a chance to attack them because they're consistently pressuring you. I think that looks to be the the type of style of play that Arteta seems to want to go, where you, you block the teams in so that, you know, and then your defenders, just good luck to you. Just just handle it if a ball comes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. High line and inshallah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I, I, I've, I, I mean, I've long criticised Arsenal for many, many years for the fact that they're far too passive off the ball. You know, for many, many years, we have been the worst team off the ball in all of football. Um, and, 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 you know, it was something that I was hoping that Emery was going to rectify when he came in and he, he kind of did and then he reverted and didn't. And same thing with Arteta. Um, you know, uh, it, pre-season is the time to, 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 to do this sort of stuff. And like you say, you know, what I want to see from Arsenal is, is playing with a higher tempo, um, playing with a bit of aggression. Because if you if you put that seed of doubt into the opposition, if you make them almost scared to come at you because I mean that's half of you know a, a big portion of the fear against Man when you play when teams play against Man City when teams play against Liverpool is they're scared to to be in possession they're scared to to try anything because they know that as soon as they get on the ball they've got no time they're going to be hunted down and if they make a mistake then they're screwed uh, and so, you know th- that's one of the things that we need we need to improve on and and you know you can see it, it you can see seeds of it you know you know and then you know they say from from small seeds you know acorns grow and all that sort of larky i, I can see it i can see what he's trying to do and i'm optimistic about it i just i don't know if we've we still don't have the personnel to do what Arteta wants to do kind of thing. So hopefully I'll see you, you get that the more turnaround you get the, 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 
you know, the, the more, like I said, the, the younger players that come into the squad, the, the Sackers, the Smithrow, the Azizes, who you can kind of mould in that way. And, and it that sort of uh, up high tempo, aggressive play is kind of second nature to them. I think that's going to be, you know, all the more prevalent as we go forward. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's the way he wants to play it. And, and like I said, it's, it's, um, Pre-season is, is the time to do it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's um, long may it continue. And I hope it works for us because one of the other things that we need to to do, especially if we're going to play that high line, is that whoever plays goalkeeper is going to have to be able to be on his bike as well. And, um, uh, you know, so it's it's there's there's lots of moving parts that need changing and editing not so much changing in personnel, but just changing in, in psyche and mentality for us to really make that change and, and adapt to that new game plan. And look at that. We've been on a journey tonight, haven't we? <laughs> Done transfers, players, um, predictions, and we even ended on some geeky tactic stuff <laughs> as well. <laughs> so we hopefully we covered all the bases for all the fans. Um, just to let you know, obviously, ABW, we will be doing the Fancy Football League. Um, I'm sure if you keep an eye on the Twitter page, um, the league details will be um, published there. Um, look out for all the other shows that we will be doing um, coming up to the start of the season. Um, so it's an exciting season. Obviously, fans are back in the stadium. My season ticket is renewed, believe it or not. <laughs> I did not give it up. So back to weekly or every two-week games. I haven't been in public or in big crowds for a long time. So <laughs> Arsenal versus Chelsea will be my first chance to test out this uh this this thing that i've got in my arm <laughs> yeah. Same, I'm, I'm going to that game as well um, oh, yeah. we one of the coaches at my club has just passed over his ticket to me so oh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be i'll be going now see if i can spot you and and, and wave <laughs> yeah. the, the, the you know big social distancing that i'm going to try and do in the stand oh no 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 well, hopefully we'll all be back in our own seats um funny enough arsenal um, if you're watching Arsenal, you have not sent out our season tickets. Can you get on with it, please? Because we can't attend the match if we don't have a new ticket. So please, please, please. But yeah, um, guys, thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Rich, Josh, any final words? Thanks for having me. Thanks for hosting. Yeah, uh, thank you for hosting. Uh, no, it's, no, been, no. it's been great. It's so good. Um, yeah, um, guys, you have been watching ABW, and we will be seeing you very, very soon. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.